This is Take It or Leave It, the podcast releasing the raw, unedited teachings of Jesus. We are called to share His holy and powerful word that is not commonly taught, so all may be armed with knowledge of His commands. We are expected to live according to God's standard. Though this world may change, our Lord and Savior does not. Are you sure you are saved? Are you sure you are not distracted by this world? All teachings are shared with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you take it and implement change into your life, or will you leave it and continue on your own way? Jesus is coming quickly. Are you ready? I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. We are continuing our study of priesthood today. And it's going to be important to note that especially in the Old Testament, that God came by fire. So this is really interesting. Uh, And again, it's good for us to know and supplement this study even further. So what we should note today is that in many instances in the Bible, God actually shows himself as fire or he sends fire. And there are many stories where there are good examples of this, but we're going to focus on just one today. And I want to talk about Elijah. You may be familiar with the story, and Elijah went to Mount Carmel, and there was a fight, right? It was a battle. It was Elijah, the true prophet, versus hundreds of others who are serving Baal. This is in 1 Kings chapter 18, and Elijah challenged the people to prove whose God is the real God. Do we remember this story? We're going to read again in 1 Kings chapter 18. I'm going to read uh, verses 20 and 21. And it said, So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elisha came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Okay, so Elijah did not go with a team. We should note that. He went by himself. He did not need a big team. He didn't need a music ministry to show that God is God. He just went, right? We're called to go. Elijah just went. And if God tells you to go, he's with you, right? Elijah had confidence in God. When he is with you, God will provide. If God has given you a vision, he will be there. Amen? Elijah told the people, how long will you falter between two opinions? What does that mean? It means, when are you going to make up your mind? And today, it's the same for us. We cannot be serving God one day and then not another day. We must make up our mind because we are not called to be double-minded. The Bible talks a lot about this and warns of this. So we can't be double-minded. And serving God means that when we have different options in which all of them look good, we need his guidance to tell us what to choose. Let's skip ahead to verse 36. And again, I'm still in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 36 says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. And Elijah said, okay, let's do this, right? Who's the real God? This is a really bold move by Elijah, right? It was him versus many others. He said to the people, you show me your God and I'll show you mine. Show me what your God can do. Show me the power of your God and I will show you the power of my God. So the offering was not eaten up and Elijah said, where's your God? Is he sleeping? You see this attitude? Elijah was so sure. This is somebody who really knows God. 
telling the people, is your God sleeping? So Elijah came near to the offering to God. And he said to God, let it be known that you are God and I am your servant. You know, this is really good to reflect inwardly and to ask ourselves if we're confident enough to say, I'm your servant. Would God even agree with you? Do you have the evidence of executing the command of God in your life? It is so critical that we can see this in our own life because you and I, we work out our salvation for ourselves. It's individual. There is nobody on this earth, not your pastor, not even those pastors on TV who can say that you are saved. When you are truly serving We don't have to fear because God will be with us, okay? Verse 37, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again, right? So Elijah wants this to be used as a way to bring the people back to God so that they may be reconciled. Aren't we called to do that today too? Amen. Verse 38, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the word and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water. That was in the trench. Okay, so the fire, right? Here's the fire. The fire of the Lord fell. So the fire of the Lord came to where they were. Moses also received the fire of the Lord when Moses built the temple, right? There's fire. We can see that the Lord comes as fire and he came. The Lord sent the fire, his fire. It's called the fire of the Lord. It fell to where Elijah was, right? Who started the fire? God did. He sent it from heaven and commanded it to keep going by adding wood. Remember, remember learning this in priesthood? The priest is the one, right, who must keep the fire going. The priest is the one to put the wood and to keep the fire burning. It's the responsibility of who? The priest. They are responsible for keeping the fire. Amen. So again, this is just one example of the fire of the Lord coming uh, to Elijah, right? What a powerful example. What a powerful event that has happened. Amen. I want to take you to Leviticus chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 8, and it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, right? Let's talk about Moses now. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the hearth upon the altar all night until morning, and the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. And the priest shall put up on his linen garment and his linen trousers he shall put on his body. Okay, and take up the ashes of the burnt offering, which the fire has consumed on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments and put on other garments and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean space. So it mentions the hearth. This is very specific. This is a place where the fire is. And and what we've read here is that there's lots of different garments that are required to be worn by the priest. The priest must follow the rules. Okay, now I want to remind you that this is before the Holy Spirit came to earth right? So we can see how specific this is. The priest had to follow the rules of the different garments and the fire must always be burning and it must never go out. And it must start from heaven, not by the priest. So if it goes out, that's a problem, right? And if the priest tries to start it on their own accord, that's a big problem because it must come from heaven. Okay. We're actually going to read now in Leviticus chapter 10. And this is about offering fake fire, which is an insult to God. The sons of Aaron were actually burned, right? They were burnt up. And God is not a respecter of person. Aaron is the brother of Moses, and Moses was greatly anointed. But Aaron's sons were not covered. They were not an exception to this, okay? We must come to God and treat God like he is holy. 
And when we do that, we're going to listen to every word that he says. We will take it so seriously. And this is why we treat the sanctuary today like a holy place, because it is the place where God comes to dwell with us, right? It's the place where we worship God, where we offer our lives as a living sacrifice, a physical place. It must be treated as holy. Now, I'm not saying we don't offer God our lives every single day, even outside of the church, because of course we do right? I'm just drawing attention to the importance of treating God like he is holy and the sanctuary is the holy place, okay? When the sons of Aaron were burned up, the bodies were carried out. We've read this before. If you are a priest and because you live for Christ, you know the God that you serve is holy. It's about learning about the quality of service required of the priest, and we should feel guilty as we learn about the expectation of the priest because we want to measure up, right? If we don't measure up, we want to measure up. We want to know these things. It's good to know these things and the correction of the Lord is welcomed and loved. Do you love it? Amen. I also want to highlight here that the Bible is not to tell us that we're okay. That's not what it's for. Instead, it's to teach us how to be okay because we're not. All right? The Bible's not about flattery. It's not going to agree with us. Amen. The Bible is to teach us how we are to pray and, and to confirm that we are wretched. We are sinful, right? And how filthy we are in the eyes of God. But it teaches us that there is a way to be a man or woman of God, right? To be the man and woman of God that God wants us to be. So we want to know if we're priests or not. We want to know what we must do to be a priest. Amen. So the fire of the Lord came through the tabernacle that Moses built. God gave Moses all the instructions and the design to build. And the design was God's and Moses was appointed to build it. We do not pray to tell God what to do. All right. But rather we need to do what God tells us to do. Right. Like Moses was building the temple. He was told to. He was told how to. The design was provided by God. Telling God what to do is actually a satanic prayer. The fire of the Lord came to the tabernacle after it was built by Moses. The fire for the Lord went into the tabernacle. So the tabernacle is the temple of God where the sacrifices would be burned for the Lord. People would present their sacrifice to the priests because the people could not go in themselves, right? Because they were not holy, right? The priest was holy. The priest was worthy to do this. The people in the Old Testament could not enter, only the priest. It's like Catholicism today. Right? They are very much into the law of Leviticus, where they would confess the sins to the priest. And to do this, you may bring a sacrifice to the temple. The priest would prepare the offering and put the offering in the fire that already exists from God. And the priest cannot let the fire go out. It must be constantly kept burning, and that is the responsibility of the priest. With that alone, can you not see the correlation from the Old Testament to the New Testament? Because remember... The New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, right? Can you see it? The fire of the Holy Spirit must be burning inside of you today. It must be constantly burning inside of you. The Holy Spirit fire in us, it comes from God. It's not on and off and over and over, right? We're not a light switch on and off, then on and off. It's always on. The fire of God never goes away in us. And the Holy Ghost does not go in and out of a person. He will be in you forever, and it's our responsibility to keep the fire, meaning it's our responsibility to die to self every day, spiritually, right, to move forward in the things of God, always moving into that area of discomfort when God calls us to, right? When we stretch, we grow, and we become those leaders, those confident men and women of God, not confident in self, but confident in God all the time. 
So I mentioned earlier we're going to read Leviticus chapter 10, which we will, but I do want to circle back to Leviticus chapter 6, which we have already read, because I want you to remember this. I'm going to start in verse 8 again. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his son, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the hearth, upon the altar, all night, until morning, and the fire of the Lord shall be kept burning on it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment, and his linen trousers he shall put on his body, and take up the ashes of the burnt offering where the fire has consumed on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments, put on other garments, and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. So again, priests had many garments depending on what they were doing. God is very organized and we want to be organized like God. He's the best manager. God does not want a disorganized life. He doesn't want us to have that. He looks for the ones who are the same, right? If we cannot plan our own life and organize it, how can we plan for the purpose of God? Verse 12, and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out and the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offering. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. God is very clear. Again, Christians are not like fireworks. You know, the burning and the colors and then all of a sudden it's gone, right? The firework expires. The fire of God in us is always burning. Every day we are the same, moving forward in God. The change should be the fire growing in us, right? Why? Because it's not human created, but it's God created. And today people blaspheme God and tell all the Holy Spirit is in them, right? A false hope, a false assurance of salvation. So many say this, but their lives say otherwise. And it's an abomination. It misleads many. And people are accountable for this. You can really see where a person engages their time and where they invest their lives. So when they say it, it better be true. No priest must create a fire of his own, right? Just like we can't operate independently of the Holy Spirit, any work that we do, even if we think it's for God, it's in vain. It must come from the Holy Spirit. God said they cannot do that, right? We can't create our own fire. So today, people can't just start their own fire, but God is the one to light the fire in us. Troubles will really come to the priests who make their own fire before the Lord. Now let's get to Leviticus chapter 10. We're going to talk about the profane fire of Nadab and Abihu. All right, chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron... Each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So the fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. People today do not believe that God would do such a thing, yet here we are. He did. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people, I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. You see, Aaron could have cried out in sadness because his sons were just burned out, right? They were burned up, right? They're, they're dead. But Aaron treated what the Lord did as holy because he is. Imagine how difficult this was. Verse 4, then Moses said to Mishael and Elazaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Come near, carry your brethren before the sanctuary out of the camp. 
So they went near and carried them by their tunics out of the camp as Moses had said. Okay, so they had to carry the dead bodies without touching them. That's why they grabbed their tunic, right? Their shirt, their clothes. They didn't even touch the body. Verse 6, And Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and to Ithamar, his sons, Do not uncover your heads nor tear your clothes, lest you die, and wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. You shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die, for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses. Verse 8, Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink, you nor your sons with you, when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, that you may distinguish between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean, and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. Amen. So do you remember in Ezekiel 9 that God ordered the killings? We've talked about this already, and this is true. And God truly is the same. He's the same today. But today, many sanctuaries are defiled. Many go to church to sell their own goods or to bring a man-made agenda, right? They want to go and talk to people after the service, pass out their business cards. They've got their mind on their own agenda. What do you think God thinks about this in the church today? You know, it's God who said, begin the killings in my sanctuary because there's great accountability there. God allowed the dead to be in the sanctuary. Even back then, thousands of years ago, there were already people who did not treat the sanctuary as holy. There were people who dishonored God and God by his fire killed them. A corpse should not be in the sanctuary of God as it defiled the sanctuary of God. This is why Moses ordered the bodies to be removed. And today there are many who are spiritually dead. All right. And they enter the church without fear. In the book of Acts, you can learn of the first members of the church and they took God seriously. And I'm referring to the story of Ananias and Sapphira. If someone was not serious, they feared going to church. Not anymore. Today, the spiritually dead people are dishonoring God to attend church when they're on their phones, right? They're counting the minutes until it's over. God hates this. He hates it. And we're going to learn more of how the dead defiles the tabernacle of God, right? The dead must be removed from the tabernacle of God, from his holy sanctuary. And in Ezekiel 9, God was going to destroy the sanctuary, so did not even care to fill the sanctuary with dead bodies, he was going to destroy it. So I want to encourage you, don't ever forget that God does not change as time goes on. He's the same. He's the same. He needs to be regarded to as holy because there is going to be a time where God comes and the judgment will fall upon the people. We better correct ourselves now so that we can be caught up with him in the rapture, right? We want to be claimed by God so that we can escape eternal torment in hell. And Jesus Christ is the only escape. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I encourage you to examine yourselves. Are you operating from a man-made fire? Or is the fire of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is he really in you? And does your life show evidence of that? This is shared with the love of the Lord. And this is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.